Hello, this is Bittersweet Ramblings. Named Bittersweet Ramblings because I gave up during the podcast naming process and this was what was left. This one is going out a day later than usual because I ate my own cooking at Christmas. And normally my stomach is pretty much like Teflon, but I outdid myself this year. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the matrix and the resemblance to social media as it functions today. Let's go ahead and get started. So watching The Matrix, I was struck by the parallels to social media. Our social media relationship with others is really based on the image that we cultivate and we want others to believe. The Matrix in the movie is basically a big social media site. It's just a little bit more immersive than the usual sites because, you know, the people who are in the Matrix are plugged in and it's fed directly to their brain. But still, it's just images that are piped into your brain and it's a reflection of life, but not necessarily the reality of what's going on. The Matrix is also run by a big algorithm that controls what people see and what they hear. That's why, you know, people who are outside of the Matrix are able to tap in and change things. For people to really see what is going on, they have to dive into things to find out, you know, what they're really looking for. And they don't realize they have to dig. They're just going to look at, you know, whatever occurs to them first, whatever they see first. This is really similar to the algorithms that pretty much all the social media sites use at this time. Now, I don't have any interest in setting up a social media account. Currently, I just, I have no interest in doing it. I don't like the way that the feeds brought up by the algorithms work. I had a Twitter account for a couple of weeks. It was a trial run to see if I liked it, to see if I could make it bring up things that I was interested in. I didn't tweet anything. I didn't have any followers. I just followed some accounts and I really tried to curate it. And I followed some of the most benign things you can think of. I followed old house sites. I followed cute kitten and puppy sites. There were a couple of literary sites, some movie stuff, a joke account or two, ones that focused on pretty landscapes. Based on the accounts that I followed, my Twitter feed should have looked like a fluffy Hallmark movie. It should have been kittens and puppies that were filled with glitter and stars and snowfall that made everything white because the puppies and the kittens had not made it yellow yet. It should have been cute B&Bs that were not filled with roaches and it should have been like flowers that don't trigger a coughing, sneezing, snot bubble type of reaction in me. Even with all of those benign sites I liked, my Twitter feed would bring up uh, just a bunch of tweets that would just, it would, they were attempts to make you angry or scared. They were set to inspire fear or anger, like without fail. It was just depressing, so I deleted the whole thing. As far as the Facebook feeds, I've had to go on my parents' account several times, which their feed is just an apocalyptic style nightmare. Their feed is like opening the doors in a fun house of horror. Each time you open a door, it's going to be something completely different, but it's going to make you want to wash your eyes out with bleach. Or, you know, take one of those like showers in a nuclear facility to get the stain off. 
It seems like both of those sites, both Facebook and Twitter, have a similar algorithm that brings up things to try to antagonize you into clicking on them. It's just, it's set to bring up things that have like a feeling of anger or fear to drive clicks. And they're doing it because they want to, you know, they want to sell advertising. This is where the advertising dollars come in. They're just mining people's data and trying to see what might trigger them based on that data feed to get them to, you know, be afraid or be angry and click on stuff so that they can sell the ads then on those sites. And it's causing people to be afraid and scared and they react accordingly with these fight, flight, or freeze responses. You know what, Twitter? Maybe I want to look at Gertrude's potato salad recipe. Maybe that should be the first thing in my feed. Like, why are you burying that lead for me? And I don't, because I don't cook and I have no interest in potato salad. But I will look at Gertrude's potato salad recipe before I'll click on, you know, whatever short-term political issue of the week is driving the news cycle. Because too many of those issues are just resolved quickly and I don't need to burn a bunch of energy on them when there are more important things to focus on. So the Matrix in the movie seems to be really similar to these sites. It's presenting a view of the world that's controlled by someone else. For the social media sites, it's the algorithms that sort the feeds based on whatever the developers or directors think will drive a higher revenue stream. They, they all give you that feeling that you're in control, but you aren't. Like no matter how many times you try to reset the settings or change the feed, it still seems to just continually redirect you towards this is gonna be, you know, anger inducing or fear inducing. It's gonna make you click on it. I can sell more ads. Now the Matrix itself, the movie itself seemed to be very much based on the allegory of the cave by Plato. So here's a quick breakdown of the allegory of the cave, which sounds a lot more complex than it is. So there's a cave someplace where they have caves and in the cave, they have a bunch of people chained so that all they can see is a wall, but the people who are chained don't realize that they're chained. Now behind this group of chained people is a campfire, which is the only source of light in the cave. Now, using this light from the fire is a group of people who are really into creating shadow puppets on the wall, like little plays and whatnot. And the people who are forced to watch the images on the cave wall believe that the shadows or the images on the walls are real life because they've been chained there and that's all they know. But if you can escape the chains, you can get outside of the door of the cave and then you can get out into the world where there is real sunshine and roses and whatnot. To put it a little bit differently, Plato is saying, hey, those other guys are telling you stories that are just shadows on the wall. It's, it's all just an image. They are all making it up. They're just creating movies and showing you realities that aren't real. I am telling you the truth, which is outside of the cave in the light. Listen to my stories because I'm breaking down that fourth wall and I will get you to the door of the cave. Now those shadow puppeteers, they all know that they are just presenting illusions, but being big time shadow puppet enthusiasts, they don't want to give up their captive audience. So they are not going to tell you what's going on. They don't think you can handle the truth, but I, Plato, will show you the real truth or what it really looks like outside of the cave. I have the magic words. I have the magic theories, the magic pill to show you how to get outside so that you aren't just looking at shadows on the wall or pictures on a screen. 
So because the Matrix got this out there, there are now a bunch of people behind screens who live through these social media sites and are convinced that they know the real truths and you don't. The Matrix being released was just led to the birth of like a couple thousand more conspiracy theorists, you know. Oh, things aren't going exactly the way I think they should. Clearly this is the Matrix and my brilliance is being held back, you know. Everybody needs to take the red pill or the blue pill. I, I, I don't remember which pill it was and I kind of don't care. When you get down to it, you can't really know the whole truth on anything. Like, there is a whole truth, but you're always going to have a filtered version of it. Because everything that you're told goes through the filter of the person who's presenting you that information. That information also goes through your own personal filters. Those filters are created by your experiences and what you've learned, what you've been taught. So you can only really know your interpretation of the whole truth. And that's not a bad thing. Some things are going to affect you more than others. It's part of being human. It's okay. It gives people different thoughts on different subjects so that we can, as a whole, think of better ways to do things. People have been presenting images of themselves for years. It's just that it's way easier to change or modify the way that you look to other people now than it was then. And most people have not caught up to the technology yet. So everything presented to them looks like the real deal. So today, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, they're, they're just better shadows on the wall. Those images have been improving for years, so it isn't anything new. It's just that people are further away now, so you can't see them in person or talk to them on your phone, so it's easier for them to hide what's really happening. Think about the Christmas cards that, like, we used to get the Christmas cards every year that were pictures. Where, you know, the family wore the same outfit, they dressed up images of what their lives were like through, like, a single picture and some words. I remember looking at these pictures. Usually they were from people who we didn't know really all that well. And it'd be like some outdoor picture taken surrounded by like fall leaves. Or it would be in front of a fireplace that was, you know, decorated for Christmas. And, you know, I always wondered what would it be like to be in a family that looked that put together and that, you know, had a fireplace. Or we would get the pictures that had like the jokey fake picture, the, you know, we're clever, we're above doing a letter, but we're still sending you a letter to you know, keep you up to date and let you know how funny and sharp we are. It isn't until you get older that you find out how much of this was shored up and that you probably don't want to be in a family that is more about presentation than helping each other through stuff. And with that picture card, you would usually get, you know, a letter with it that was carefully typed and carefully presented to just give the best image to the family, the old friends and family holiday newsletters. Letters that usually focused on nothing but the good, you know, presenting perfection as they saw it. Just, you know, really sanding down all the rough edges of the family. Without talking to somebody from the family who was not trying to keep up appearances, you would most likely not hear the whole story. I'm not knocking these letters. It's good to keep people informed of what's going on in your life and it's good to keep those connections going. But most of them were designed to present the best possible image of a family. And some of them would make changes that were so dramatic. The people being described in the letters were unrecognizable to the people who actually knew them. 
Now, there are some people who genuinely keep others informed. They will give you a genuine window into their lives and let you know what's going on, the good and the not so great. I love those letters. Not everything has to be shared and not everything has to be deeply engaging. But if everything is presented as an image that someone sees as perfection, then there are too many people who are missing out on some genuine communication. I mean, think about all of the curated lives from back in the day. Letters were that way that things were presented back then. So tons of these letters would have coded phrases used when you couldn't say certain things. And half the time, we don't even know what these codes mean anymore. Not unless you go, you know, try to look them up. And people used to freak out if you use the word pregnant or pregnancy for Christ's sake. You couldn't say someone was pregnant, you know, it was increasing or some nonsense like that. Social media, as it is right now, is taking the place of those letters and is good at keeping up connections. But Facebook and Twitter seem like they're moving more and more towards the trolling aspect of things. For the most part, it gives people who don't feel that they have a sense of power or authority in their own life that little sense of power that they want. You know, they're like the people who are jerks to servers in restaurants. You know, they give, they're given a little bit of entitlement or a little bit of authority and they just go completely power mad at the slightest hint of control over the situation. Like, no, I wanted eggs scrambled with a hint of bacon, not a dash of bacon. Take this back and do it right. I pay your salary with my $5 meal. Obey me. It's, it's just... They just go nuts. There are a few too many people who understand how to and are trying to manipulate others using these forms of social communication. They, they really seem to be using it for their own personal gain. Not necessarily monetary, but just that sort of sense of power or authority. Like more people are using it to put others down or keep them in their place. And because the posts and tweets tend to have limited characters, it's a bit more like a reversion back to high school, where you would have a bunch of short, curt, joking responses. It's, it's a way for some people who really haven't grown up to relive the good old days. And it's easy for teenagers to make a bunch of short jabs because they don't tend to understand the long story behind it. They don't have that maturity level. It gets harder for them to join in when it becomes a long-form communication or a long-form conversation. They have to sit down and really think things through. And there are too many people who don't understand that a good portion of social media is an illusion. It's, it's a sales pitch for that particular person. Like, how much truth is buried in that sales pitch is questionable. For some people, it's a lot of truth. For some people, it's mostly an illusion. They are creating a version of themselves that they can sell to others. Usually I don't really care about it. People have things they want to advertise. People have ways they want to present themselves and that's okay. Giving someone something to aspire to is not a bad thing. Like maybe someday I'll want to go water skiing and you know, get as my mother describes it, a saltwater douche. Like not anytime soon. I'd, I'd rather avoid it right now but maybe someday that appeal will hit me. And in the pictures, water skiing looks great. But I just refer back to my mother calling it a saltwater douche and it loses the appeal. But when the social media posts start to affect the way that people view their own lives, it gets to be an annoyance. And when it starts to erode the trust they have in others, 
because they don't know what's true and what's made up, that becomes a problem. Trying to sort everything out can be confusing for someone who's just browsing and doesn't understand where it's an illusion and where it's not. An image or a set of images that were modified may be something that they don't recognize and they don't recognize like when it's been changed, when it's not, when it looks the same. It's a huge learning curve and there are way too many people who are behind that curve right now. And it starts to affect people's views of their own lives and the people who don't understand may feel like they're failing when they're not. It also affects any trust that you might build with others. People may be trying to hide so many of their issues so strongly that they may not reach out for help if they need it. If everybody looks perfect and they feel that they're the weak link, that does damage to them. And they may not reach out for help because they don't want to admit that weakness. And it's not a weakness, they just feel it's a weakness because everybody else looks perfect. And it's not even perfection, it's their version of perfection. Also, that person who thinks that it's a weakness doesn't realize that it's not a weakness, it's just part of who they are. It's part of who it makes them, them. And sometimes those parts, those sort of weaknesses, they kind of take your brain hostage. And you need to find a way to shift the control back to the part of your brain that's dealing with reality instead of dealing with a reality that's been augmented to be just blazingly judgmental of everything that you do. So one example of sort of being behind the curve is me having to explain to my mother that there are special effects companies purely devoted to fixing and airbrushing actors in movies, like in film. Like she did not realize that images in movies are modified and that they have been for years. She thought that they could do it in, you know, a static picture, like a picture in a magazine, but she didn't realize that, no, they'll do it throughout an entire movie. Like, not just changing the pictures, not just changing the skin tone or fixing, you know, blemishes, but changing body types. They can even go in and change facial expressions if the director wants a different reaction. So. You know, is this modification, is it a fad? Is it like the, the mid-Atlantic accent that was created and used in movies for years back in like the 30s and 40s and whatnot? Because nobody talks like that. And nobody did talk like that. It only existed in the movies. Are people years from now going to look back on these sort of body modifications in the movies with derision because the people in the movies don't really look like real people? They look like plastic? Or are they going to amplify it? And social media also amplifies the spotlight effect, where people believe that the spotlight is on them and that they're noticed more than they are. People have this perception that what they say is gonna be viewed by everyone and potentially change everyone's perception of you. And which is understandable because you're the star of your own life. In your mind, you're it. But this can cause people to either overreact or get paralyzed and not react at all. Quite honestly, if I were on any type of social media, my overreactions to anyone talking about Scooby-Doo would be legendary. Legendary in my own mind. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I still have not decided what I'm going to talk about next week. It could be multiple things. No doubt it's going to be as informative and useful as usual. <laughs> have a good night.